0: All right. How are you doing? Great. Yeah, that's good. I want to ask you that. How are you doing at home? I, I'm, I'm, I'm not talking just how you do. I mean, really, how are you doing? When people ask me that now, I'm not sure really what to say. Um, how, how should we be doing? I mean, we've been through some craziness. We're still going through that same craziness today and man should i be really honest about how i feel you know some people say how you doing and they walk away and they really don't want to know but i want to know man should i really be honest with how i am feeling how man how am i feeling in this moment how am i feeling about the country how am i feeling about this state how am i feeling about the governor you want to talk about that how do i feel about the crisis that won't go away how am i feeling emotions spend the next couple weeks talking about emotions. I saw a post the other day because, um, you know, we get our, our truth and understanding from social media. It's always good, right? And uh, I saw this social media post somebody put up It says this. Um, it was just kind of one of those random questions, but it says, uh, one word that describes your emotional state. And then it goes on to say, and no cuss words. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny because that was good for me. I didn't, I didn't want to go there, but one word that describes your emotional state in this moment. You know, now we have these emojis we can use that kind of show how we're feeling at any one moment, and you know, it's hard to know how everyone is feeling how we're feeling, and I've had some meetings with people lately, and they've just told me how they were feeling in these conversations, and if I would ask them in one word, what came out to me was numb, angry. There's some words like, you know, afraid or anxious, uh, irritated. <laughs> how about unsettled? One word was just, I'm tired. I'm just tired. Like it, it used to be easy just to come up with somebody and say, man, how you doing? And And they say, oh, good, everything, but now you don't know, right? Because now we've got all these other complicated things. Used to be in church, I didn't know if you were a hugger or a shaker. So if you go in for a hug and they're a shaker, you might get poked in the tummy, right? But now you don't know, you know, are you a mask? Are you not a mask? You want me to pull it down, put it up? You know, uh, are you six feet? Are we doing elbows? Are we doing fist bumps? Are we doing, you know, wh- what are we doing? You know, and then you kind of got this awkward thing and they say, okay, I'll risk it. <laughs> you know, and you get a hug, right? It's like, what do we do? Emotions, there are so many right now and I just want to quickly introduce this series we're going to be in for the next few months with the rest of our time today and I love the emotion that I felt in that baptismal lounge that's where we call that place where our candidates are waiting to be baptized there was some excitement there was some nervousness there was just I'm following Jesus in this their emotions were man I'm ready to do this I love that and you know you can do that at any age at any space in your life. Jesus says the door is always open. You can always step back in it. And I love those emotions that I felt in that room. And we're gonna see that. And I believe that tomorrow, and I'm gonna ask you at the end of the service, if you're praying for those that were baptized, because sometimes those emotions can turn and then we can be like, man, was that, should I have done that? Or did it feel a little bit? And now it's captured on, you know, digital universe for the rest of time. That makes you feel good, Right. But what are the emotions? I thought, let's talk about emotions, but let's dial into the emotions of Jesus. Jesus was fully God and fully man. Do you know that Jesus was emotional? Sometimes we say that person is emotional, and it's not a positive thing. But Jesus had emotions. He displayed emotions. And he felt emotions, and he let his emotions help center our emotions, if we really can allow Jesus' emotions to center us where we need to be, I think we're not just reacting, but we're responding with Christ-centered or gospel-centered emotions. So if you do a little research, you'll see in the four gospels that they've counted up actually 39 emotions that Jesus expressed. I didn't even know there was 39 emotions, but then I remembered I had three teenage daughters. (laughs) 39 emotions, we call that Tuesday. (laughs) But Jesus was God in the flesh. He was God, and yet he was human, and he expressed and he felt very real emotions. Let me just give you a few examples. You might remember when he looked over Jerusalem, and he was talking about how the people had rejected God. He was grieved. When the religious leaders cared more about rules than people, Jesus got angry. When 72 followers came back from their first missions trip, he had sent them out and they came back with all these stories. He was overjoyed, the Bible says. His close friend, Lazarus, dies and he wept in sadness. And before the cross, we see a display of emotions of discouragement and loneliness and spiritual agony, actually. It's powerful. Today, I just want to start this series on emotions, and I want to look at just one of the emotions today and the emotion that really he feels towards us. What do you think that God thinks when he sees you, when he looks at you, when he thinks about your life? What is the emotion that he feels? And I think this is going to help us to express our emotions to others and realize how we can take what Christ feels towards us and help others. We're going to find it in Luke chapter 7, verse 11. In the context of where this story is found and what's happening here, Jesus has just finished what is called the Sermon on the Mount. So he has been up, literally thousands of people have been listening to his teaching. They've been listening to what he has to say, and he comes down off the mountain, and we find, we catch up with him in the book of Luke chapter 7, verse 11. And it says this, soon afterwards, Jesus went with his disciples to the village of Nain. And a large crowd followed him. So picture this in your mind. As Jesus goes from place to place, the more he teaches, the more he heals, the more people are in. And they want to see what's going to happen. And so as he goes along, he's got this crowd that's following him. So picture this. He's going into this town with a large crowd following him. And look what happens. A funeral procession was coming out as he approached the village gate. The young man who had died was a widow's only son. Now, this tells you everything you kind of need to know about this setting. It's a young son. His mother is a widow. She only had one son. So now she is completely alone. And a large crowd from the village was with her, it says. And it goes on to say, when the Lord saw her, his heart overflowed with compassion. Overflowed with compassion. And he said, don't cry. And then he walked over to the coffin and he touched it. And the bears stopped. Young man, he said, I tell you, get up. Now, this is a powerful scene here. This something is happening. Now, I also want to show you that during a... Procession like this, if you read the full story that said there was a large crowd, and they were with him, and there would be mourners that would be in that in that crowd. In fact, they would have professional mourners. They would actually pay people to come and play flutes and tambourines and actually wail and mourn. They do funerals a little different than we do them. And And you can still see it in the Eastern cultures that they and so you can imagine this noise and this this mourning and this. But what happens? Jesus, his heart overflowed with compassion and he said to him i tell you get up and the dead boy sat up and began to talk and jesus gave him back to his mother great fear swept the crowd and they praised god saying a mighty prophet has risen among us and god has visited his people today boy he did he visited his people that day so you can imagine all this action going on. And there's a lot of things we don't know in this story. For example, we don't know about this poor grieving mom. We don't know how old she is. They married very young. This girl could be 25 years old, for all we know. She could be in her late 30s. We don't know how or when her husband died, but we do know this is her only son. We don't know the age of the son. Was he preteen? Was he a teenager? Whatever it was, it was her only one. We don't know how he died, but we do know that he had just died because in this culture, in this time, without embalming, that was only taking place in the Egyptian culture. There was no embalming process, so if someone died, they would have to be buried immediately, most times at least the next day. So we're seeing this. It's very quickly. But we also look at Jesus, emotional, overwhelmed with grief, as he approaches this setting, verse 14, 13 says, the Lord Jesus saw her. I love that. He saw her, and that's interesting to me. You know, there's over 40 references in the New Testament about Jesus seeing people. And always says, Jesus saw him, and Jesus saw her, and when Jesus saw them. And it's just kind of like, well, that's kind of random. Why would you want to say that? I mean, of course, you know, he has eyes, he sees, but it's more than that. Jesus doesn't just see, he notices he notices he notices the deepest pain and grief the Lord saw her and just because you look doesn't mean you really see, you ever notice that? I see a lot, I meet a lot of people especially on a Sunday and, and lately it's been rather interesting because you get to see them from the nose up and so I've gotten to know your eyes pretty well and then when you take your mask off, you go, whoa, you have a face. Wow, okay. <laughs> Sandy's been teaching in the Club 45, and she saw one of the kids in another set, a home setting, and she said, she's so beautiful. I've never seen her face before. And she did teaching her in her class. You know, being able to see people. <laughs> I didn't know if I wanted to share this, but I do want to share this. Part of uh, the story I have with Sandy, uh, part of our story is that... Uh, Several years ago, she brought her son to George Fox University, and my friend was his pastor, and they said, man, you got to connect with this guy. He's a great drummer, and he'd be great in your church. But uh, when she first brought him to school, Sandy came with Evan to Family Life Church and kind of wanted to check it out. And I remember meeting Evan and his mom. And I can even point to you in the room where we met Evan and his mom, but I tell you the truth, I don't remember seeing her. I can't pull up a fa- I cannot pull up a face for anything. I just knew Evan has a mom, <laughs> and he was here with his mom, right? And Evan, I, I talked to him weekly. I got and well, then. Uh, I had an opportunity a couple years later, after that point, that meeting to have coffee. And everything had changed because it was my first coffee date as a single man. And I was scared to death. And I was like, I'm having coffee with Evan's mom. And I go, wait a minute. What does she look like? And so you know what we do. We pray about it. No, we Facebook stalk. You know what I mean? (laughs) I get on her Facebook and I go, whoa, 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 that's Evan's mom. Whoa. Then I was really scared, right? And I sat down for coffee and I saw that face. And I don't want to get all squishy with you, but I'm telling you what, I've never not seen that face now. It is in my mind. But for some reason I think, man, that first time I can't remember. And she says, you weren't ready to see me then. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm telling you today, Jesus looks on. He doesn't just look to see, he sees her. He saw her. He noticed her. She's a single mom. She's a widow who had lost her husband. And now she is losing her only son in the middle of all this chaos and this noise and this funeral. Jesus looks on and he saw her. And what emotional emotion did Jesus, what was the emotional emoji that Jesus felt at that point? Jesus saw someone in deep, profound pain. And you need to know this today. What Jesus felt is the very same thing that he feels for whenever you're hurting. Here's the thing I love about Jesus is he doesn't just notice the beautiful people. He doesn't just notice the connected people. Jesus is God And God has the ability to be omnipresent, omniscient. He knows everything you're going through. And I'm telling you, if you're watching this today, maybe you just need to hear this. Jesus knows and he feels for you exactly the way he felt for this woman. He knows when you're afraid. He knows when your marriage is struggling. He knows when you're facing the unimaginable. He knows when... The economy has just taken everything and you can't figure out how you're going to move forward. Whenever you're praying and you're praying and you're praying for something and it doesn't happen the way you thought, he sees you. And he feels emotion. Some of us, when you have children, you pray and you pray and you have all these crazy achings and hopings and believing. But Jesus has the very same feeling when you're hurting And look, it's interesting. He looks at this woman, and when Jesus saw her, it says, his heart overflowed with compassion. There wasn't enough room in his heart for what he felt for this woman. Think about that. His heart literally overflowed with compassion. That word compassion there, the root Greek word is splakna. Sounds like you're spitting on something or coughing something up. Splakna literally means the intestines or the gut. It means deep within you. Have you ever driven by an accident scene and you see the ambulance and you're afraid to kind of look because you don't know what you're gonna see and you get by and maybe you see an ambulance and maybe you see something and it just hits you in your gut, cuts you to, it's exactly what this means. Jesus walks into this scene and he looks at this woman and it hits him. He saw her, he noticed her, he cared for her. Whatever you're facing and whoever is facing you, up against you, coming against you, Jesus Jesus notices and he cares. Jesus sees this grieving mom and he hurts with her. And for her, in his gut, literally, strikes him to the core. And what's a powerful moment, he says, don't cry. And he walked over to the coffin and he touched it and the bearers stop. Scripture says. Now, he touched the coffin. Let me just tell you too. A lot of times we put our own culture in this place, and coffins then were not like coffins now. Those of you that had the unfortunate uh, duty of planning a service for somebody you love, if there's not an embalming, uh, you will go. I'm, excuse me. If there's not a cremation, you will go, and you will have to choose a coffin. It's not. And easy thing. And you will be shocked at how many choices there are and how the expense fluctuates. And they come with all kinds of lining and they come with all kinds of finishes. And But back then, this wasn't the case. It was probably just a wooden board with a wrapped body laying on it and they were carrying it out of town. But he touches him and it's shocking. And let me just tell you, within the context, it's scandalous. The Pharisees had 613 religious laws and they were all usually about outward appearance how it would show what you can touch what you can't touch anything you touch anything you touch that's unclean you become unclean and if you were to be around a dead body or get in close proximity of anything like that you would be declared unclean and when Jesus touches this body he's breaking the law And Jesus is this prophet claiming to be the very son of God. He is the priest of all priests. And right in that moment, he becomes spiritually unclean. You imagine the head twisting it was doing for people that were following, going, wait a minute, what's going on here? And let me just tell you this. When Jesus touched that body, he crossed the line. He crossed the line. And here's what I love about Jesus. Jesus is a line crosser. He is a line crosser. And some of you have a story in the room. He crossed the line to come get you. He's a rule breaker. Some of you don't like to hear that. But Jesus, he was in trouble from the time he was born. He wasn't even supposed to be born the way he was born. He broke the rules just being born. Every time religion would draw the line, Jesus would cross the line. Why? Let me just tell you this. Love Crosses the line. Whatever line you might feel right now, whatever you might feel like is keeping God at a distance from you, you need to understand He crosses the line for those He loves. Jesus is a line crosser, He's a rule breaker. And what religion does is distort. Religion And religiosity and legalism is what I'm talking about here. It's all about rules, and it's not about love. It's about lines being drawn that keep people out. Here's our religious system. Here's our religious rules, and we're going to draw the line, and we're on the inside, and you're on the outside. The tragedy is that that very thing that has kept someone or some of you and someone you love from the things of God They might say, I don't want to go to church because everybody there is a you fill in the blank because of what they experience hypocrisy. That's what religion wrongly does. Listen, sometimes, even with the best intention, it draws the lines. And if that part of the church bothers you, if this thing I'm talking about right here, that's always bothered you, here's what you need to know today it bothered Jesus too it bothered Jesus too Jesus didn't want any line he said I love you just the way you are but he doesn't stop there hear me now he says I love you too much to leave you there come follow me it's about his love his grace his power that's why we don't want to draw lines to keep people out we cross lines to bring people in that's what Jesus did could be the reason why so many turn away from the church today because religious people they care about the rules and the appearances and I'm not talking about you I'm talking about religious peoples but let me just tell you something else is sometimes when I look in the mirror there's a little bit of Pharisee in me because I've obeyed the rules for a long time and it just feels something when somebody kind of steps across and they haven't obeyed them as long as I have can I be that honest? I just had coffee with a friend of mine this week. He doesn't attend a church, and he reminded me that he's not religious. (laughs) I'm not religious. I said, okay, cool. We can still have coffee. (laughs) But he began to tell me a story, and there's always a story about a church that he was a part of, and guess what? He saw hypocrisy. And now, he's like, I don't want to be a part of that. I'm not religious, and let me just tell you what I told him. I said, listen... I understand. People can let you down, rules can let you down. But that's not who Jesus is, and I just left it at there. Here's what I love. If that's the part of the church that you don't like, Jesus doesn't like it either. We don't draw lines to keep people out. We cross lines to bring people in. That's what I want you to remember today. Jesus, ignoring the religious policies, he touches her dead son. No boundaries, no rules, no laws is keeping Jesus from caring for somebody that's hurting. And he touches this boy, and the crowd gasps. And he touches this boy, and the boy gasps. <laughs> Can you imagine that moment? I'm just picturing this crowd coming into town and a funeral coming out of town. And all of a sudden, what's going on? It's a funeral. What's going on up ahead? It's a, oh, there's a dead boy. Oh, wait, wait, wait. He's not dead anymore. Now he's alive. He's alive. One touch, just one touch. The Lord saw, the Lord cared, and he touched. It's hard to explain what this act of compassion did for the single mother. You understand, in this culture, with no husband and no son, she would be forced to do things for food, beg or even worse than you can probably imagine, just to be able to eat. But Jesus touches her son, and he brings him alive again, and Jesus walks over to that son, and not only does he give her back her son, he gives her back her hope. Jesus sees, Jesus cares, Jesus touches, and let me tell you, that hope can be yours, whether it's something that you really wanted or just Jesus' comfort in that moment, he can bring you hope. The emotion of Jesus. So, How do you feel in just one word? How do you feel in just one word? Unsettled? Anxious? Maybe depressed? Maybe even through all this thing, rather hopeless? Let me encourage you today. Cry out to him. Peter says this. Cast everything you care about on him because he cares for you. Literally, take your anxiety and say, you take it. I don't know about you, but I think we've beat... (laughs) we've meet the limit, we've met the limit, we've we've met the quota for anxiety in any one lifetime in a single year. You know, you can actually unload that and say, Jesus, take my anxiety because he cares for you. I love Hebrews 4.15 out of the New International Reader's Version. It says this, we have a high priest who can feel it when we're weak and hurting. Let me tell you what, we need our hope back. Jesus sees you. He notices you, and your pain rips his guts out. Literal translation, his heart goes out to you. He cares more about you than you can imagine. He cares more about you than the line that he's got to cross to get to you. Would you pray with me today? Jesus, I thank you for your word today. This has been such an amazing day just being in this room and feeling the energy. And I know that there are people feeling it and connecting it with it online right now. And as they're listening and experiencing this with us, God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for people who have crossed the line to say we're standing with Jesus. They've crossed the line to say we are gonna give our lives over and for the best of our ability, we're gonna live for Jesus. And they've demonstrated that inward dedication by an outward expression in the act of baptism. God, I, I thank you for them. And but God, I know that there are people in this room and maybe they came today not knowing what today was. Maybe some came intentionally. Maybe some don't even know how they got in the room today. But God, I pray for every person and those that are watching online that you would begin to speak to our hearts. And I just feel like there might be someone that's watching today or experiencing this with us today and You feel like there's a line that's kept you out Or you feel like there's a line between you and Jesus Maybe it's because of what you've done You know what? We've all done stuff we're ashamed of Some of us are really good at doing stuff we're ashamed of But Jesus said there will be no line that can ever keep me from loving you No space, no depth I will go to the depths of hell to get you I will go as far as the east is from the rest to get that sin away from you. God is reaching out to you. He wants to touch you and bring hope back to your life. And maybe today, as we've celebrated with these that are, that are celebrating their commitment to Christ, maybe today is the day that you finally heard and you realize, man, Jesus sees me and you wanna respond. I wanna encourage you today to, to accept a relationship with Christ. The Bible says, to as many as accept him. You just say, Jesus, I believe that you are who you say you are. I believe you can forgive my sins, and I want to trust you and love you and follow you. If you were to say a prayer like that, the Bible says that you are in. You are now a part of the family. Would you just say that prayer in your heart right now? Jesus, I need you. Forgive me. I want to follow you. And if you said that prayer today, the Bible says he is faithful, and he will do it include you in the family. And our job as a church is to come around you to the best of our ability and help you in next steps. Father, thank you today. I pray a blessing on everyone hearing your word today that we would see you again in a fresh way, knowing that you're seeing us with emotions that bring us very close to you. Thank you, God, for who you are in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you've made a decision for Christ today, if you're watching today and made a decision for Christ, we have a host online that would love to connect with you. I would love it if you would uh, take that connection card, connect card right there in your hot sheet. Let us know if there's any way we can pray for you, if there's any way we can stand with you, if there's any way we can help you in the journey, please let us know that. Also, let me just tell you, maybe some of you were inspired by these young and old alike being baptized. And you see this slick new way we're going to be doing baptisms. Let me just tell you, just say, I want to get baptized. We're going to have them regularly, and we're going to put you in the next batch of baptizees. It will be awesome. Let us know. You can email us. You can put it on a Connect card. You can talk to the host right now and just say, hey, I'm in, and we'll connect with you. Would you stand with me today? Wow, what a fun day. There's just energy in the room today. I hope you can feel it at home. There's just energy in the room today. And I I know we've kind of got this new thing. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. That's good. Let me just encourage you. We're going to come through this. I've said it all along. This is just the thing. We're coming through. And now... Those of you that are vaccinated and we're vaccinated and I'm, I got shot in both arms and, and, you know, hey, we take a mask off. That's good. We're going to get through this. It's just the start. It's coming back. It's coming back. And God is here with us. So be encouraged today. Be encouraged today. God is with you. There's prayer tables right over the prayer wall, we call it. Don't leave today. If someone could pray with you before leaving, they, can, they love Jesus and would love to pray with you. That's what they're there for. But until I see you again i pray that god would bless you and keep you that he would turn his face towards you the bible says he can shine the countenance of his face on your life he's going to cross the line to meet you why don't you cross the line to meet him god bless you as you go live the life hey guys this is pastor dave i just want to say thank you for joining us today for this podcast You know, at Family Life Church, our vision is to create a safe, authentic environment where people connect with Jesus. And we don't believe it's an accident that you joined us today. You know, if this message meant something to you, we would love to hear from you. You can connect with us on our website at myflc.org. Or you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Family Life Church Newberg. And I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and you can listen regularly and i just want to say thank you and god bless your week